0: Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Hey everybody, I'm Kristen and you're listening to Good Vibrations with Kristen. Uh, You can find me on Facebook at Good Vibrations uh, with Kristen and I'm also on my website which is www.kristenace.com and you can find my stories there, you can find information about the energy work that I do, and of course my podcasts. So today... we're going to talk about beginnings a little bit. My son will begin driving at the end of this, end of September. He's going to get his license. He's been practicing all summer. He's very amazing. I'm astonished at how grown up he is and mature and what a mature driver he is. Because as some of you may know, when I went for my bri- driver's test, I hit a car <laughs> and didn't quite get that test passed right away. But he's amazing. And I it got me thinking about beginnings. And it got me thinking about um, how we move forward in life. And I, I love beginnings. But to have a beginning, you must first have change. And change is something that I'm really, 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 really comfortable with. In fact, there's really never enough change for me. No, seriously. At night when I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking about all the changes that we want to be making, and all of the energy that we want to be putting out there. I can't sleep. I just, I can't sleep. Thinking about the beginnings, the embarking on beginnings. And so what I usually do is I slip out of bed, I tiptoe downstairs, and I go into the kitchen, and then I reorganize. No, it's true. (laughs) Then I can breathe after I've moved things around for a while. And I go to sleep. And the next day, my husband, Jeff, will say to me, "Uh, Babe, I can't find the forks. Is something on your mind? (laughs) Because he knows that change actually helps me feel more grounded onto this earth with all this human stuff. Because seriously, when I was little and I was looking around at the garbage and the starving people and the abused animals and the earth suffering, I started to think that maybe... Maybe I was put on the wrong planet. Yeah, because it was very clear to me that I was definitely born into the wrong family. So being on the wrong planet didn't seem like that would be too far off of a thought. (sighs) But I've come to understand that I actually chose to be with my family and that these are the people who are here to help me get really good with change. Because that's what I came here for. I am here to be a powerful conduit for powerful, positive change. And the people in my family said, hey, that's going to be a big thing that you're going to do. And it's going to be kind of hard. So we're going to remind you over and over and over again, that change is good. So consequently, I discovered that I also wanted to be on earth because where where else to institute positive change but here on our beautiful earth. So, you know, my parents would say to me, Kristen Ann, the only constant thing in life is change. Now, of course, they were telling me this as they were moving me from one state to another in the middle of my first year in high school at the age of 15. And that is not a great time for change. Because at that time in your life, when you were 15, everything being the same is critical to your well-being. And so, yeah, I got a crash course in change that year. And as a matter of fact, I've had so much change and so much beginning in my life that I consider myself a phoenix. When the phoenix dies, it resurrects itself instantly from its own ashes to begin again. And the phoenix knows that it is in the beginning where the magic is. So one of the most important beginnings of my life was getting married. You know, my mother would say, Oh, you're never going to get married. There's no guy out there for you. You got this crazy actress career and these really weird ideas about spirituality, and there's no one who's going to put up with that nonsense, Kristen. But I knew in my heart that there was someone out there for me. See, because by the time my mother started sharing that little tidbit of information, I had come to understand that most of the things that my parents told me about myself weren't true. And also, even if they thought they were true, I didn't have to believe them. My father said to me once, "'Oh, Kristen, you can't sing. You're not musical. You're just like me.'" Now, in retrospect, and to be fair to him, I think he was so desperate to have one of the four of us be like him Because he was this guy, he was like super powerful athlete, man. He he overcame polio to do gymnastics and baseball and all these amazing sports, right? And his sons were the chess kids, right? So he figured maybe it was me that was going to be most like him. (laughs) And everybody, because everybody in my family played an instrument except for him and me. I really tried, though. I want you to know I so desperately wanted to be like everybody else in my family. So I I took up the flute. I took up the flute in sixth grade. I fucking hated that thing. I hated practicing. So probably somewhere along about a month of having this thing, I just started to fake it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just pushing away at those little buttons for an hour in my house. And then I would go to the rehearsals. And then I just stopped blowing all together and I would just move my fingers and make it look like other people's <laughs> with the hopes that the conductor wouldn't notice. Yeah. Okay. So as much as I wanted to be like everybody else in my family, I wasn't. In fact, the thing though about me is that I loved to dance I loved ballet and to me my body was the instrument and it was the music and the steps and the moves and the routines and ballet that felt like that was the music that moved my body so I danced actually until my mid-20s and because though however that was my instrument quote-unquote and it wasn't you know normal or accepted as an instrument, it didn't count in my family. (laughs) So really, for the longest time, I believed my father when he said I wasn't musical. And then I went away to college. Now, I was a theater major. So you have to audition for the musicals when you are a theater major. However, because I had no confidence in my singing abilities, I only ever auditioned for the chorus, and I was like the last person in the back of the row doing as little as possible, so maybe they wouldn't even pick me for the chorus. And on top of all that, I consistently talked about how I couldn't sing. So I figured, you know, that would save me from ever having to do anything on stage. And then one day, the head of the theater department came to me, and she said, Hey, Kristen, I want you to audition for the lead in the upcoming musical what? Are you kidding me? I can't sing. I can't sing. I can't sing. Has she not been listening to me for two years? Okay. But see, the thing is, is I didn't tell her any of that because she really hadn't been listening to me for two years. And I was excited that she was paying attention to me. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) And I picked Um, way over yonder by carol king because see one of the problems of not believing that you can sing is that i never learned any of the traditional theater kid um, show tunes i knew none of them i was like this weird theater kid who didn't know show tunes (laughs) so i knew way over yonder i sang it basically daily in the shower and i figured i'll be okay there So a friend of mine who played the piano would meet with me every day and he played and I sang. So here we are at rehearsal at the day before the auditions and I was freaking out of my mind. (laughs) I can't do it, Frank. I can't do it. I can't sing. Why am I doing this? This is so stupid. This is so stupid. I don't want to do this. Kristen, I'm telling you, you're really good. You're really good. You have to trust me. I'm not trusting anybody. My father told me I can't sing. I can't sing. I don't want to do this. Hey, Kristen. Oh, hi. It was the head of the theater department. She popped her head into the rehearsal room to see what was going on. Hey, are you rehearsing? Yeah. I'm done, though. It's okay. (laughs) We're just packing up. Oh, no, I'd like to hear. I'll sit back here. (laughs) I wanted to say to her, I'm sorry, excuse me. I I think you didn't hear me. I can't sing. But I didn't say any of that again because, again, she was paying attention to me. It was very exciting. So I took a deep breath. And I belted out way over yonder. I really felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. And I was trying not to cry through the whole thing. And when I finished, I took my deep breath. And I looked into the back of the room, and she said, Okay, so I never want to hear you say that you can't sing again. And I'll see you at the auditions tomorrow, Kristen. (gasps) What?! Okay, so I actually never did say that I couldn't sing again because I went on from college to summer theater and got the, one of the leads in the musical Greece, And my parents actually came to that show, and my mother told me later that my father's jaw hit the ground when I opened my mouth and started singing. <laughs> so the whole point of this is I realized that what my parents told me about myself wasn't true and that I knew that there was a true love out there for me somewhere. And I did indeed meet him, Jeff. So we went through, I'm like serious, a whole lot of not great stuff before we got married. I mean, we had his family. I sure you want her. And we had my family. I assure you want her. And we had his brother. You know, she wears her shirts buttoned really low. And we had my sister. You know, she dresses really risque, don't you? And then his family. You sure you want her? And my family. Are you sure you want her? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. But love prevails. And I'm getting married. I'm getting married in the morning. Because here we are. We are... (laughs) almost at the wedding, everything is ready. The plan is that I would stay at my sister's house the day before the um, rehearsal dinner, because my sister was my bridesmaid. Now, I just want to stop here and let you know that the relationship I have with my sister is complicated. So I'm the big sister, and I'm getting married last, which is not, you know, how things are supposed to go. And all through our lives, I've been the one who does the untraditional, the weird, the wacky, the kooky, the whatever they wanted to call it, things that were a little odd. And she's been the one who's been very conservative. And we've been that way since we were kids. And so much so that because when I was little, I always had to take her with me because back then you didn't have babysitters; you had big sisters, big brothers, whatever. We all went together. We went in a good group, and everybody got in trouble together. Well, I was like a major troublemaker when I was little because I always wanted to do the things that my parents told me I shouldn't do. So I always wanted to ride the horses that you know were kind of lame and down the down the road at the farm that nobody paid attention to. And so I took my sister to do that too. Or I always wanted to chew bubble gum at a massive amount of rate, and so. So I would take it and hide it and eat it on the sly. But that also meant that my sister had to do it. And of course she got in her hair, she got us caught. So her whole life with me has been a series of me getting her into circumstances that she can't get out of, (laughs) that scare the crap out of her. And then she gets in trouble. And that really didn't change too much when we were adults. So (laughs) our relationship is complicated, but here we are. I'm going to spend the night at her house. Her and her husband are going to take me an hour north of New Hampshire to pick up my wedding cake. Then we're going to drive it three hours south to the place where the rehearsal dinner is, put it in the refrigerator, so then my parents can then get it over to the place where the wedding is just 20 minutes away. It's a good plan. Everything's going great. Uh, We're getting ready for bed. And the one thing that you do need to know about my sister and her husband is they actually have lava running through their veins. No, and I'm not kidding. I've never in my life met people who are as hot as those people. They live in New Jersey. I mean, I'm sorry, in New Hampshire. And when it's 54 degrees outside, they open their windows. They turn off their heat. (laughs) So... I'm the opposite because, you know, my sister and I are opposites, and I have water running through my veins, so I'm always bleeping freezing. So I'm at her house. I have on long johns and sweatpants over, big, fat, fuzzy socks and slippers. I have on a turtleneck over a long sleeve shirt over a sweatshirt and gloves on, and I'm freezing. So I said to my sister, hey, um, listen... <laughs> Before we go to bed, could you turn the heat to like 65 so I don't freeze to death down here? And she lost her mind. You, you are so selfish. How dare you come into my home and tell me how to do my heat? This is how we like it here. And if you don't like it, you can leave. Well, I started crying. (laughs) I just... I'm just cold. I don't care. This is not your home. This is how we do things. And I realized in that moment that she was right. It was time for me to leave. It's 11 p.m. (laughs) <laughs> my rehearsal dinner is tomorrow. I have to get a cake that's an hour away from here and then take it down three hours, and I didn't think about any of that. I just thought, it's time to go. I picked up the phone and called Jeff. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, and I'm so cold, and I just want to come. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see my brother-in-law coming down the stairs. He stands and he comes down and stands in front of me, takes the phone out of my hand, puts a hand on my shoulder. Hey, Jeff, it's Rob. Yeah. No. Nope. Got it all good here. Gonna handle it. See you in the morning. Bye. Kristen, what happened? Why are you crying? I have to turn on the heat because I'm so cold. <laughs> and she was telling me Wait a minute. Is that true? He says to my sister, Oh, it's always got to be about her. Always about her. All right, wait a minute. You stop talking right now. Kristen, we are going to turn on the heat. You're going to get into bed and you're going to sleep really well. On the other hand, and he looks at my sister, you are not going to say another word for the next two days until this wedding is over. Because it is about her. Because it is her wedding. And when it was your wedding, she was there for you. So go upstairs and go to bed and not another word. Kristen, I'm just going to call Jeff back and let him know everything's okay. Just go to bed now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So off to bed I went. Okay. So we get up in the morning and things are very, very quiet. No one's talking. (laughs) We drive an hour north. We pick up the wedding cake. We drive three hours south. We drop the wedding cake off. We all get ready and we do the rehearsal dinner. And oh my God, thank God. Because that actually, that rehearsal dinner was worse than the night before. Because see, remember, both my family and his family are like, you sure you want her? So we are now sitting at this table with my parents. (laughs) <laughs> Jeff's mother and his stepfather and his father and his stepmother. And meanwhile, his father and mother haven't spoken to each other for 15 years. So on top of them not speaking to each other, his father and stepmother are still unbelievably horrified that we're actually going to go through the wedding. And they don't want to not only be there with his mother, but they don't want to be there with me. Oh, it was delightful, delightful all the way around. But I said to myself as a mantra in my head, this is my new life. This is my new life. This is my new life. No one is going to ruin this for me. And so I zipped through that night. I visited with the family members. I smiled. I danced. And I breathed a huge sigh of relief when we got to the hotel. So what had happened is because Jeffs had family coming in and I had family coming in and the wedding wasn't actually in a major metropolitan city, my parents booked a block of rooms in a hotel right near the wedding. So all the people from the wedding would stay together. And what they did, however, is they booked me a room on the opposite end of the hotel of everybody else. So everybody was in one end of the hotel and then I was by myself in another end of the hotel. But I thought that's okay because it'll be quiet and I can sleep well because they're all going to party. And they did partied into the night and I got a good night's sleep and I woke up and I was like, oh, it's my day. It's my day. Okay. Well, I'm just going to order room service and have a light breakfast because I'm a little nervous and I don't want to really, you know, get sick to my stomach or anything. So I ordered myself a breakfast. It came. I ate. (sighs) I called room service. I'm all done with my plate. And now it's about 11 o'clock and nobody has come to the room yet to see me. Now the wedding is at four. So I've got plenty of time. And then knock, knock. uh, Kristen, it's your mom. I open the door. I'm like, hi, mom. She's like, oh, hi. We are having so much fun. Oh, we've got Bloody Marys and champagne and Jennifer and Rob are making us laugh. And so many people are coming in and out of the room. We're having a ball. How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing good, mom. I <clears throat> had my breakfast. So um, what do you want to do? um, should I shower first or take a bath first? Or I mean, I don't know what, how do you think we should do it? Oh honey, whatever you want to do, why don't you take a bath and get ready and, and we'll come down in a little bit. So I was like, okay, all right. So you know what I'll do? I'll take my bath. Then they'll come in like an hour. So I take a long, hot bubble bath. You know, I do my toenails when I get out of the tub, I do my fingernails and I sit down on the bed and I wait. and i wait and i wait and i wait nobody came so now it's quarter to 3 and i realize um i think i'm going to have to get ready for my wedding by myself cuz nobody's here and it's getting late so I stepped into my wedding dress, I did my hair, I put on my makeup, and then I stood back from the mirror and I looked at my beautiful bride self, and I looked straight at that mirror and I said, this is my new life. I'm going to make it the best, most extraordinary life in the world. It starts today. And in that moment, like the phoenix, old Kristen Ace died. Knock, knock, knock. Kristen Ann, it's your dad. Uh, We need to go get to the limo. And just like the phoenix, in that moment, new Kristen Ace was reborn. And so I went to my wedding and I had the time of my life. And I remember every second and every minute, and I remember every person and every dance. And today, in this day, 20 years later, people still come up to me and say, that wedding was the most romantic wedding I've ever been to. I've never seen such a beautiful bride. And I will tell you that I did go out and create that new life. I moved away from my family. And Jeff and I created a life together that we had never known as children, a life of honor, a life of love. And we share that love with our children and our animals and our friends. And every single person who steps into our vibration feels the love and the honor that we create together. So if you think about it, that was a beginning, but Beginnings are everywhere, right? I mean, think about if you blink your eyes, that's a beginning. When your heart takes its next beat, it's a beginning. When you take a breath in and a breath out, that is your little mini death and rebirth. And so I ask you, you know, are you going to let somebody else decide for you who you're going to be and what brings you joy? No. You decide for yourself. You make the beginnings because while you can't do anything about the circumstances of the beginning, you can certainly, how you respond to that beginning and how you move forward from that beginning is up to you. You just take a deep breath. You make that beginning because way over yonder. Is a place that I know Where I can find shelter From a hunger and cold And the sweet taste in good life Is so easily found Way over yonder, that's where we are bound. All right, guys, go out there and love your beginnings because I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GVK inspiring and to raise your vibration even higher. Visit my website at com, And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.